welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Brendan, for being on the podcast with me. So my guest today is Brendan Welch. And um, am I pronouncing your last name right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate being on. Well, I'm looking forward to getting to know you. I see you quite a bit at the gym. You're, um, I think it's like the assistant manager at Exist Fitness in Arnold. Mm-hmm. Then you're also a, a personal um, trainer, I believe, right? That is correct. So I've, I've done a lot of things there over the years. I started as just a, a normal front desk worker. And then from there, I kind of transitioned to more of a management role. And then um, just from doing that and just being there so much, I wanted to kind of, you know, just kind of expand my role a little bit. So then I started training as well. I'm just, you know, picking up clients in my free time. And then they actually promoted me to the assistant director of personal training now, which is kind of where we're, we're at at this okay. point in time. So I, need, I know I need to update my business cards. That's on the to-do list. But okay, that's kind of where we're at now with all that. Is the sun in your eyes right there? We can just move this a little bit if you want to get out oh, no, of the sun. perfectly fine. You're fine? I'm okay. Okay. Um, okay. And did you... Did you get your education before you started to exist? Your education in like a fitness and so forth? I did, I did. So I started my, I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess after high school, I graduated high school in 2015. I went down to SEMO down in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. I got my degree in exercise science from there. Um, that's kind of where I found my passion for, I guess, fitness and exercise and just wanting to you know, help people pursue their goals in that regard. Um, so then I moved back to St. Louis, and that was the summer of 2020, right around COVID, when everything kind of got crazy, and um, I just I found a home and exist, and I've been there ever since, and I love yeah. every minute of it. That's cool. Um, so when did, um, like, a, an interest in exercise science and all of that stuff kind of start for you? Oh, that's a that's a good question. We kind of, we got to roll the clocks back for that one. So I was always an athlete growing up, um, from... As young as I can remember, I was holding a baseball bat, baseball glove, and I played sports my whole life growing up, baseball, a little bit of basketball, football a lot, um, track and field in high school, so I always enjoyed working out and exercising and just trying to get bigger and faster and stronger. And then my freshman year at SEMO was when it kind of really all clicked for me because I was playing basketball by myself one day, and I suffered a pretty bad ankle break to where I had to have surgery. You know, I was on crutches for, it was supposed to be six weeks, it was really like four and a half. Um, and then from there, I decided that I wanted to either just help other people recover from their injuries or different things like that. So I was looking at physical therapy, um, but that degree path looked pretty long and tedious and very hard. So I decided, well, what if I do something where I can help people exercise before they hurt themselves? And that's kind of where I found exercise science. And, um, you know, all the classwork was, it was very interesting. I loved it. I enjoyed every minute of it. And um, that's kind of the story there, I guess. Does that answer that question? I hope. Yeah. And... So exercise science, it's kind of obvious what it is somewhat, like it's about fitness and exercising, but is there a little more to it than that? Or how would, you know, is is that pretty much what it is? Or is there, is there more to it than when you, the field of exercise science? And... So I would probably classify it as there's two different aspects of it that we really get into in my studies is there's the anatomy aspect of it, just kind of studying all your different like muscle types and bone types and muscle origin insertion points 
um, but then also understanding how those kind of work at the like cellular level and all the little smaller interactions that go on with all your body's different energy systems and um, how we sort of use energy um, and just different things like that to kind of help us do the exercise that we want to do. And for a lot of people, that can be a lot of different things. It can be, you know, trying to gain weight, trying to lose weight. Um, just depends on what people's goals are. And we try to understand um, all the little smaller processes in the body that kind of help you get to that point. Okay. And then the idea of, like, using that type of a um, education, is it in the main things you'd be doing, like a, a training people in, uh, like, working with people who are, either athletes or trying to uh, recover from injury or something um, or just personal trainers is that the, the main type of work that would follow after that type of an education so there's a few different routes that I've seen my past classmates go down a lot of them get into the strength and conditioning world with either personal training or training athletes or things like that um, I've seen others also transition to more of a clinical setting, whether it's working in like cardiac rehab centers or people that go on to study like occupational therapy, um, things like that, because um, it can really kind of get your foot in the door for a lot of different um, positions within the health field. But I would say probably strength and conditioning and personal training is probably the most common route people go down, uh, just because that doesn't require any other additional schooling afterwards that, you know, some people either aren't built for or can't afford or just different things like that that might limit us in our studies. Yeah. So what's really interesting to you in this field, just in your own involvement and so forth, um, like what do you do as far as fitness and sports and stuff like right now? So personally, I've taken up bodybuilding as a hobby. That's something that's really kind of piqued my interest over the years. Um, and it's fun because you get to learn how to train in different ways to try to stimulate your muscles to grow in different ways. But also when you're prepping for like a contest or getting ready for a show prep, it's very interesting to see all the smaller um, interactions that happen within your body just based on how you can manipulate the carbs that you're intaking or the dietary fats that you're using or um, different protein sources because um, there's a lot of little intricacies to go into that and how your body's um, reacting to the physiology and all the stimulus that you're providing it, whether it's the training or, like I said, all the things that are involved in the diet or things like that. So I've competed in two different bodybuilding shows and I've coached one other person for his shows and I'm looking to kind of get more into that field myself just because like I said it's it's challenging and I enjoy challenges yeah yeah that's kind of an interesting I guess you'd call it a sport right bodybuilding yeah, absolutely okay. because it seems a little different in that the competition is different like you're not trying to um you know there's not like a well there is a score I guess like right do you get scored uh, in a way, yes. Okay. Yes. So the judges will always provide feedback on what they think you know, you can improve on or things like that. But also, obviously, if you're on stage with five other people, they have to rank those five people based on who they think is the best to the worst. And um, you don't always know what those rankings are, but obviously you'll be able to see how you place on stage and things like that. So, uh, But, yeah, you're, you got it exactly right. That's the hardest part about it is you can't really control who shows up on a given day. So you just have to, you know, just do your best and just know that, you know, you did everything you could to kind of, be your best on that certain day and I, I think it's very similar to like track and field sports where it's like a solo sport because um, all you can really do is just you know show up to the track and run your fastest and you know you can't really control who else is there right mm -hmm. um, are you familiar with um, a coach named Dan John Dan John I don't know if I've heard that name okay I was just kind of curious he's probably not super well known but he's an author and uh, he's got a podcast and he was on the um, 
he w- uh, he was on this podcast uh, recently, but it hasn't come out yet. But it will by the time it'll come out before your you know this conversation comes out. But he coaches. Um, he's coached the Olympic lifts quite a bit. Um, has it like? Um, I guess that's kind of popular with like uh, the CrossFit community and stuff like that. Um, uh, has it been something that you've gotten into or? I wouldn't say Olympic lifting, no. And that's just because that's something that I didn't have a ton of experience with in my studies is all of like your hang cleans and your snatches and things like that. Um, I'm a lot more well-versed in like the powerlifting world of like your squats, your benches, your deadlifts. Right. Um, and that's actually one thing, probably the area that I lack in my knowledge is Olympic lifting and just how to, you know, um, write programs for that and how to, you know, progress your lifts and different things like that but it's a ton of fun to watch though I always make sure I watch it in the Olympics or any other places where I see it going on yeah when I was young I was kind of into um, just lifting a a little bit like in my early 20s Um, and then it just seemed everything seemed so basic now it seems more uh, complicated like then you know you kind of like broke things down maybe three workouts a week push pull and squat and three sets of 10, you know, and everything was just real basic. Um, now, when I listen to people um, talk about their program or whatever, it just seems um, more complicated. Um, some people do like full body every workout. Um, and then supplements are such a big deal nowadays. Like, I don't think people, I mean, maybe they, when I was in my early 20s, um, you know, maybe there was protein powder and stuff like that but i don't know um but it just it does seem i guess that's just how things progress things just get more involved as time goes by and and so forth you think so so that's an interesting topic you bring up because i actually have a very strong opinion on this i i talk to my clients all the time about how um especially social media you know all your tiktoks your instagram reels things like that and everybody's just trying to be an influencer these days i think the fitness world has gotten very overcomplicated in the things that people think they should be doing um cause one of my favorite examples to use is if we look back at you know the best bodybuilder of all time ronnie coleman right he used to train a certain way and he used to train hard he used to train heavy but he would do the same you know, 15 20 exercises every single week and it worked for him right and it works for a lot of people but I think the biggest problem is people just tend to get bored and complacent with what they're doing and they want something new. Um, so that's where they turn to all these other, you know, videos and uh, reels and things like that that have exercises that look, oh, this is fun and exciting. But um, I've also always been of the idea that, excuse me, that it's harder to track your progress if you're not doing the same things over and over again. Because there's not always a direct translation between strength when you're incorporating a bunch of different movements. So you don't really know if you're getting stronger in a certain plane, if you're only doing that movement once a month, right? And I think the same thing is true for supplements. I think a lot of people use too many supplements. It's, there's a diminishing return on. Um, the big things that I kind of stick to in that regard is obviously protein powder is good to supplement your diet. Creatine, I don't think has any negative side effects. And then really after that, I just look for things that are going to help me sleep and help my immune function. So a lot of vitamin C, vitamin D, magnesium, um, just little things like that. I don't believe in any like the fat burners or testosterone boosters or all these other supplements that get marketed to death, it seems like. Right. Um, is creatine, are there any concerns with, um, I think, the kidneys and, and creatine? 
So there can be a few concerns if you're not drinking enough water, but as long as you're drinking, you know, maybe probably minimum half a gallon to a gallon a day, then you really shouldn't see too many negative side effects in that regard. Okay. Um, the only other thing that's been reported in some people is a little bit of hair loss, but I think that's just for people that are genetically predisposed to hair loss. I don't think that's something that will affect everybody. Okay. But at the same time, I've been taking creatine for probably five or six, seven, seven years now. You can kind of see where my hairline's at, so. <laughs> yeah. But you never, you know, there's no control groups. Um, so you never know what, you know, if the, if that's affecting it or not, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. Like I said, right. there's been studies that have been done, but there's been no really strong correlations between the two. It's just all okay. a case-by-case basis, it seems. Right. Yeah. Um, what about, like, I'm in my mid-50s. Um, do, um, do you have any thoughts about, do you train any kind of older people? Oh, I sure do. Oh, do you? <laughs> you have any thoughts about... Um, you know, tra- fitness routines and training uh, for people when they're getting in their 50s or older and so forth? So I think as we start to age, the main thing that needs to change is the intensity that we're training at. Um, so personally, like myself, being 26 years old, I can do heavy sets on my exercises, you know, four or five, six times a week, and I can take those sets to my actual failing point where I can't complete another rep. And my body can recover from that. You know, I don't have a ton of lingering aches and pains throughout the day, but um, as we start to age, our body doesn't recover the same way that it did when we were younger, so we have to be careful about um, just the loads we're using on our exercises and, like I said, how many reps we're doing and how many reps in reserve we have. Um, We always want to leave a couple reps in the tank just so we're not putting too much stress on our joints or um, just putting our muscles in a position where they can't recover before we try to train them again, and that's when we kind of increase our risk for injuries exponentially. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my sport, if I got one, is backpacking, but, um, I'm really struggling with my knees and, um, I, it feels like tendons. I don't know what it is, but it feels like that. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to really kind of get serious and learn about the knees and just look up, um, physical therapist videos and just try to experiment and, Maybe there's even something with nutrition and so forth that would be helpful. But do you have any thoughts about, um, I guess, joint pain and knees or just anything along those lines? So knees are definitely a tricky one because there's tons of different ligaments within the knees, right? Um, the big thing that people tend to struggle with with knee pain sometimes can be either lack of mobility, either having tight hamstrings or tight quads that can kind of pull on um, their tendons that kind of across the knee. Um, other times it can just be inflammation from lots of different things whether it's either just constant repetitions of certain movements or just not getting enough rest or um, maybe we're not staying hydrated enough Um, it could be a number of different things Um, I'm by no means an expert on the topic but um, knee pain is definitely something we encounter quite a bit in the fitness world and there's tons of different causes and it sometimes can be hard to isolate but I think there's probably some resources out there that you know, we could stumble across it. it could be beneficial for you but for the most part I would just start with maybe just doing more dynamic stretching and just trying to see if there's any like limitations in our mobility or things like that and um, see if that might have any benefit for us so dynamic stretching that's different than um, as opposed to static stretching right like static stretching is you just get into a position and hold it's dynamic 
meaning you're moving and trying to increase mobility. Is that what that means? Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. that is correct. So a good example of dynamic stretching that I like to do personally would be um, just having a mat on the ground and like sitting down into like a, a forward lunge and just kind of leaning forward slowly as far as I can go um, and then kind of slowly rocking back on that, um, straightening my leg out so I can stretch my hamstring as well as my quad and my hip flexor as I'm kind of going through that motion. Okay. Just got to take some time to just rock back and forth just to kind of get everything loosened up. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, what has impacted you um, and your life? And um, so, you know, people, books, particular experiences or anything, what has shaped you and made you the, the man you are? So I would say in regards to fitness and what got me into that, what's kind of shaped my passion for that is growing up, like I mentioned before, I was always an athlete, but I always suffered a lot of injuries, so I could never really perform the way I wanted to. Um, so that's kind of where I discovered that it was my goal to just try to make sure I can help other people, make sure they can maximize their potential. And there's been a lot of influences on me over the years as far as um, either just people I'm learning from, um, different things like that. There's been, there was a very, um, I don't want to say old school bodybuilding coach, but very popular in the fitness community named John Meadows, who I've studied quite a bit over the years. Um, and he's kind of had a lot of revolutionary training principles that are just different ways that people hadn't trained, different ideas on nutrition um, that we could learn from. And then there was also a couple of my professors down at SEMO that I think had a big impact on me and just, you know, just people that showed me that they either believed in me when I wasn't having great grades or, you know, they saw potential in myself that... I didn't see. Um, that was Dr. Monica Carney and Dr. Jason Wagner, if they're listening. Um, other than that, I don't know if there's one particular that stands out to me. There's been lots of people over the years that I've kind of studied their work or just, you know, different um, either trainers or coaches or things like that that I try to just learn things from. That's a big thing for me is I'm always trying to just learn new things and not try to be complacent with my ideas and Oh, it's just making sure that I can provide the best service possible to myself and my other clients. Yeah. How do you take in information? Is it through books or YouTube videos or one-on-one? -on -one or, you know, how do you learn and so forth from people? A lot of it's digital. And that's my favorite thing about Instagram is there's a ton of educational content out there. Hmm. Um, and just from my background in fitness, I can kind of pick and choose what I think is actually the right things and what are like the wrong things that people are trying to coach people um and then from there i'm also i'm not afraid to reach out to people and ask questions or you know email people or um look for like i said different books i do have a stack of books on my coffee table that i've been trying to get into more reading um some of those most of those are fitness related other just you know, general general lifestyle books um i don't know if you've heard of extreme ownership by jocko willink oh yeah yeah that's I've, one i definitely want to read it's been highly recommended to me yeah um, other than that, I know Dr. Eric Helms has a couple books that I'm trying to read at the moment. Brad Schoenfeld also has a lot of research that he's published on just how to train your muscles and stimulate them for hypertrophy that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the quality of stuff that's out there on social media? Is, it, is there a lot of good stuff or is it a lot of misleading stuff, do you think? I think it's a combination of both. I think there's a lot of good stuff if you know where to look for it. I think there's also a lot of misleading stuff if um, you're just kind of falling into the mainstream ideas and the more like influencer side of social media and not necessarily the educational side. I think there's a big mm -hmm. divide between those different things. So 
what I do is I was always trying to figure out who I'm actually learning from, right? I'll kind of, you know, look at people's profiles and see like what kind of athletes they're coaching, what their background is. And um, that can usually give you a pretty good idea of somebody is actually educated on the topic or not. Um, Cause a lot of people are just trying to get views and they're trying to use it as a monetary source and not really right. looking to pass along information that they've learned through their studies. Yeah. Have you um, checked out uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick? I am familiar with the name. Okay. She's been on Joe Rogan before, mm-hmm. but she's into like longevity, which I'm not necessarily into longevity, but you know, the things related to longevity is um, related to just general fitness, you know, and so she's into, I don't know, like vitamin D, you know, different, you know, mm-hmm. just things that are helpful there. But, um, but yeah, I can see how like, what you're saying, kind of checking out someone's credentials and their involvement rather than just being a, a social influencer and so forth and trying to get a following. So, go ahead. So, longevity is an interesting topic because a lot of people, I think, are short-sighted and they just like to do things that they enjoy in the moment and they don't think long-term, especially with the diet aspect of um, exercise and training. Because um, people need that immediate gratification of either the cheeseburger or the cookies or the brownies or things like that that taste good in the moment. Uh, but we don't always understand how just long-term, either like sugar consumption or eating unhealthy fats can affect us in the long-term and increase our risk for heart disease or things like that. Um, and I think that's also true for a lot of people that do work out all the time. They kind of use that as an excuse to be able to be yeah. a little more flexible with the diet. Um, But I think there's a fine line between the two, right? We don't want to be so strict to the point where we have a terrible relationship with food. I think everybody should find time to have a couple meals a week where they enjoy themselves or they can go out with their friends or, you know, consume alcohol if that's something they want to do and not stress about all all the macros or the calories or things like that. They can drive us crazy. Sure. Um, So one thing I've thought about, you know, like protein is a big thing um, when you're trying to get stronger. Um. But um, in kind of reading a little bit about longevity, um, I forgot the name of the author, but just a book I was recently looking at. He was talking about um, there's, um, you know, different ethnic groups and the the groups that tend to, like, live a a vibrant life the longest, they're like, they're low protein, you know. So it seems like um, I can see how if someone's focus is more on performance, then you'd say protein. But if you would, if your focus is more on longevity, then uh, it's not so clear. Maybe less protein. Now, I've I've heard that at a certain point, maybe in their seventies or so, uh, a person might body might not be processing protein as well. They might need more for particular purpose reasons. But I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about that protein? <laughs> So protein's an interesting one because yeah. I have people ask me all the time how much protein I should be eating, what protein sources I should be eating, different things like that. And that might be my favorite thing about just training or bodybuilding in particular is that everybody's bodies respond differently to the things we provide them, right? So if I, a general rule of thumb is you want to try and get at least one gram of protein per pound of body weight if you're looking to build muscle. Um, and that's just a rough baseline obviously because when we look at it it can be a lot and it can be hard to find sources to fill those gaps but when we look at like the overall trends um from studies that have been done 
where they actually track protein consumption, it's it's a it's, they plot it on a graph, and it's just a line of best fit, right? So you have points above the line, you have points below the line, and that's kind of where we get into everybody's body responding differently. Because um, I might need you know one gram per pound of my body weight to maintain my muscle mass, whereas you might be able to get away with you know half a gram per pound. Um, as far as longevity goes, it's definitely your body definitely starts to not want to hold on to muscle as you age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it can be beneficial to increase your protein sources in that regard because your digestion also starts to play a part in um, just how your metabolism slows. Um, but the fun thing about protein is, I always explain this to people, is that's kind of how um, training works, right? Is we're, If we're doing a bicep curl, for example, that weight is going to damage the muscle. And our body wants to adapt to that. It doesn't want to have to experience that again so it takes all the amino acids that we're consuming from our protein and it sends them to the muscle to make it bigger and stronger so it can kind of you know prepare itself for that action to happen again Uh, but if we're not consuming enough protein then we're not going to be able to repair our muscle or build any muscle just because our body just doesn't have the adequate um, resources to kind of help with all the things we're doing to it okay well i guess kind of like taking a little turn in topic um what um well just t- tell me more about who you are as a, a person i guess like um what um how do you see life and what life is all about and uh and that type of thing so i growing up i was always more on the introverted side i always kind of enjoyed just kind of keeping to myself more um, which is, is funny that I, I work in a setting I do now where I have to constantly interact with people all day, every day. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes it can be a challenge. It can be exhausting. I find myself constantly like fidgeting or just feeling anxious when I'm talking to new people all the time. Um, but I always kind of pride myself on being someone that's always kind to others, always respectful. And I always just, you know, it might sound cliche, but I like to treat others how I want to be treated. Um, and as far as like just kind of figuring out the man I wanted to be and kind of what I wanted to get out of this life is I thought about that a lot as I was growing up just you know what path I wanted to take where I wanted to end up and I always kind of thought it was on myself to kind of find my own purpose and kind of find out or not necessarily look for a purpose but to define my own purpose in a sense and that's kind of how I've decided that I just wanted to reach out to as many people as I can and just kind of give back as much as I can to the community and just kind of have a widespread lasting impact on really just as many people as I can and just kind of be remembered in a positive light if there ever comes a day when I'm no longer here. Right. (laughs) Okay. So it's kind of like um, how you see like your personal life, how you want to be remembered, um, someone who serves and makes an impact and gives and so forth. Mm -hmm. I would say so. Yeah. And I always do. I always try to just smile at people, you know, because that's the one thing I always kind of stress to people is it might just be like one little, you know, 30 second interaction you have with somebody throughout the day. But that little interaction might change their whole week. It might change their whole month. Um, you never know the impact you might have on somebody because I, I talk to a lot of new people um, at the gym. And sometimes it's only for, you know, 30, 60 minutes. But I really just want to make sure that of those 30 or 60 minutes that I can still have a lasting impact on that person if I even if I never see them again that they can still take something away from the interaction that they had with me yeah I can see how that um, can be like a satisfying pursuit to make a positive impact on people 
Go ahead. Go ahead. So my, my favorite example is there was a, an older lady I sat down and talked to one night at the gym. Um, she'd never worked out before. She had no idea what she was doing. And she was very nervous, very intimidated by the whole thing and had no idea where to start. You know, so we we talked for like 60 minutes or so. We I took her through a bunch of the different machines and exercises to do that would just kind of help her because, you know, she was a little overweight and was kind of wanting to increase her bone mineral density, different things like that. But again, it's not something she could have done on her own. And she wasn't really in a position to afford personal training or to work with somebody one on one every time she was at the gym. So. She really just needed kind of help getting put in the right direction. And this was probably six, seven, maybe eight months ago that I talked to her. And I still see her coming to the gym every night. So oh yeah, I kind of I hope that was because of me. But if not, either way, right. she figured it out. And that, that makes me happy just to see right. that. Yeah. Um, so I've never really been involved in like trying to train somebody. Um, but like I have kind of worked out with people before. And I'm kind of introvert too. And um, I've wished I was better at being like a partner, like being able to encourage someone, you know, because like if someone's really giving it all they got and trying hard, you know, I wish I could just more naturally say something encouraging, like, you know, a good job or something along those lines. But it always comes across kind of awkward for me. I don't know. Um, And some people, they're just so natural, you know, like they... um, it could be really nice to have them around because they're very encouraging and stuff like that. <laughs> have um, um, how is that for you? Does that just come kind of come natural for you to be like in, encouraging to people as they're working at it and so forth? It didn't come naturally at first. That was hmm. kind of something I had to learn. And okay. sometimes I, I generally think I'm more of like a soft-spoken person, so sometimes it can be hard to kind of you know project my voice and you know yeah. encourage people in that way. And it's really interesting just training all different types of people because some people need different types of encouragement than others. Like there's some some guys that I can train where I can like yell at them and you know try to push them to do as many reps as they can on the set. Whereas other like you know maybe some of the women I train just kind of need a little a little softer push and not something so as aggressive. And right. um, it took me a while to kind of figure out like like you said the motivational things to say and like what to actually motivate people with, but. I think a lot of it is, it just comes natural at this point. Yeah. Yeah, with experience and so mm-hmm. forth. Yeah. Well, um, what about, so that's your kind of, you know, you you spoke a little bit about your, what you want your life to be about and stuff like that. Your personal life, do you have any perspective of what life is about in the, the big picture? Like, um, do you have any, um, like, are you, do you have, are you religious or do you have any kind of secular type of philosophy about, you know, life more in a kind of a broad type of scheme of things? So I'm not very religious, to be quite honest with you. Um, just because growing up, my parents, you know, they were, I don't want to say they were like devout Christians, but they never took us to church or kind of exposed us to any type of religion when I was growing up. I think that was just something they wanted us to figure out on our own. Um, but just through the years, I've had... Many, many of my close, close friends that are, like I said, very, very devout Christians and they go to church all the time and, you know, they're very um, proud of their, I guess, religious views. And, you know, sometimes I try to ask questions and educate myself on those topics. And um, that's one of the big things that I've learned just growing up is just understanding that, you know, different people have different views and I understand why people do have those views and like what it does for them. Um, But it's really just never something that I've kind of figured out on my own as far as religion goes but 
I definitely think that it's beneficial for a lot of people, whether it's either just holding yourself accountable in different regards or just kind of um, having a bigger purpose in life as far as what you want to put into this world. Okay. So you don't have like um, like a kind of a large over, like a worldview, so to speak, but it, you're just more, you're like you were saying earlier, you're kind of focused, well, what's your place in the world? That's kind of more of your focus rather than what's, what's it all about? You know, that type of thing. <laughs> you know, I see. I would say that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause, um, sometimes I do kind of let my mind wander and, you know, we think about just how in the grand scheme of things, like how small me and you are sitting here compared to like how big the world is or how right. far outer space goes. And a lot of it can seem overwhelming when we think about just what all might be out there and how we got here. Right. But, I don't really know if we have a ton of control over that, so it's not really something I tend to stress over very often. I sure. just want to do what I can while I'm here. Yeah. Well, what's your routines like? Um, anything that is really meaningful or or means a lot to you that you just do regularly as far as like a, just a life rhythm or anything like that? So one thing that I've gotten back to was there was a while where I had kind of I don't want to necessarily isolated myself from a lot of my close friends, but you know, as we all graduated college together, we all kind of moved out different places. Um, cause we have, we had, they had a guy in Wichita. We have one in uh, Kansas city, you know, Columbia, Bloomington, Illinois, Denver, um, Cape Girardeau still. So we were kind of spread all over the place. So it was kind of hard to stay in contact. And I think I noticed probably maybe a year and a half ago that that was kind of weighing on my mental health, just not having those connections with my close friends. But now um, we're back to the point where we all we all get together and we chat every night. Um, we just kind of keep up with each other's lives and, you know, we text each other every day. So I think that's been something that's been very good for me and hopefully good for them also. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you chat? We chat through Discord a okay. lot. We text each other, we hop in the chat together, and we actually talk at night after everybody gets home from work. Um, like I said, we text each other individually. And then, of course, we all play fantasy football together. We, we gamble together. We do all kinds of fun things. Okay. So. That's neat. Um, yeah, how big of a group of guys are, is this? Uh, it's probably only about 10 or 10. so. Okay. And they're so from college mainly? Those are my college friends, kind of. One of them is one of my buddies from high school, and then a couple others were one of my other friends' friends from high school. So we've kind of integrated a couple different groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have another friend group here that are guys from high school that I grew up with that I try to stay in touch with. But I don't see them as often as I used to just because I used to, I don't live with them anymore like I did when I first moved back to St. Louis but we try to get together every now and then whether it's to work out together or, you know watch some fights at night or just yeah. fun things like that to, you know just guys being dudes right yeah that seems like such um fundamental part of just being human that social connection I enjoy the gym a lot for that I I'm kind of surprised that it's become such a place for social connection but um like I sit in the sun a lot so in there you're just sweating and you might as well just start chatting with whoever else is in there. You know? <laughs> so I enjoy that and I've gotten to know, yeah, a few people there. I will say that's both probably my favorite part and my least favorite part about working at the gym is there's a lot of great relationships I've built over the years. A lot of people I've gotten very close to. Um, but then at the same time, you know, you start to see the same people every day and then every now and then like people will just either stop showing up or you'll just never see somebody again and you'll never know what actually happened to them or where they went or yeah. different things like that. So it's always, it's always something we kind of talk about. It's like, hey, have you seen this person in a while? It's like, no, I haven't actually. And then 
you know, that's, that's really the end of it. We don't really have a way to keep in touch with people that we don't see and talk to every day. Yeah. And I don't know how it is for, for you. I don't know if you can just, um, like, you don't see somebody, if you know their name, you can just look it up, see if, see if they're still a member or they're, um, like, I don't, I know so many faces, but I don't know names. And it's just surprising how long I can see somebody and talk to them regularly before I actually you know, know their name. But but you're right, people just disappear. And that's just how I think gym membership is. Sometimes they, you know, kind of get out of the habit or working out somewhere else. And some, then sometimes they reappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say that is something that happens to me all the time. I'll see people I'll talk to every day for weeks or months. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they'll say, hey, what's your name, by the way? And Mm-hmm. Then we kind of have to introduce ourselves after we already know yeah. everything about each other. Yeah. It's always funny to me. Yeah. But yeah, the social connection, that's good. That seems like an important part of life. Uh, I kind of think of like life and the social connection. I think of the fitness part, work, you know, of course. And then um, lately... Um, Normally, when I think of connection, I think of connection with people and connection with God. But lately, I've been just thinking of the connection with God more of like um, just kind of being still and uh, observant or something along those lines. Um, It's not connecting in the same way, it doesn't seem like. But anyway, uh, the social connection does seem like an important, yeah so that's a neat routine you got and I think that's been the biggest thing or the biggest way that I've grown just from the job that I've been in is because like yeah. I mentioned I've always been more introverted and you know just having conversations with strangers isn't something that always came naturally to me so just kind of being put in a position where I have to kind of talk and interact with you know hundreds of people every day yeah. um, it's really just kind of made me feel more comfortable either just approaching new people or just you know getting to know new people or really just starting conversations with really anybody and everybody and just figuring out different ways to interact and, and now you're on a podcast that's right so <laughs> so you um not everybody just kind of agrees readily to being a guest on a podcast but you seem pretty open to it right away well and you're an introvert so what were your thoughts about that i will say it was definitely something that i don't want to say i forced myself to do it but i knew it would be good for me just to kind of force myself to i guess talk about myself in a sense but yeah um I don't know, this this whole morning, like I said, I've kind of been real anxious about it just because I didn't know what to expect or how it was going to go. But it's definitely something that I knew would just be another challenge that I wanted to kind of present myself with just because it's something I'd never done before. And I figured it'd probably be a lot of fun, too. I think that's how it is for some of my guests. It's like they want to do it because it's a challenge or um, there's this thing going on. I think it's a book where... um, about saying yes to everything for a month as an experiment or a week. Have you heard of this? I don't think I have. That sounds very <laughs> interesting, though. And um, there's been a couple of times where I've asked somebody and they said, well, I'm on this thing right now where I'm just supposed to say yes to everything that comes my way. <laughs> and um, I think, well, good timing. <laughs> but, um, well, what are, you, what are your thoughts about your future? Do you um, like the next... What do you see for yourself in the next 10 years or so? So that's a very good question. I think I still have a lot of room to grow where I'm at right now. I think I have a lot of room to continue to help a lot of people. 
Um, I enjoy one-on-one trainings quite a bit, but what I really want to get into is more of the bodybuilding style coaching. I'm just finding athletes that really want to take it to the next level and see these dramatic changes in their body and eventually get up on stage, um, just because that's where my primary passion is right now as far as my hobbies go. Um, and I just want to be able to share that with people also. So hopefully that's something we can kind of break more into the world of, um, just try to make my make a name for myself in that aspect of the fitness community. But um, I definitely don't have any plans to leave exist anytime soon. It's definitely a place I love to be, and it's become a second home to me. So I want to keep... I'm just doing my thing there for as long as I can and like I said really just trying to make a name for myself within the community. Yeah. Um is bodybuilding the competition is that like pleasant uh, or fun at all or I can see how the training you know it's like you're going for something I can see the fun of that pursuit but I don't know like I don't know what is I guess I've never gone to a competition so I don't really know what it's like. I've just seen little snippets of it on videos and so forth but what is it is it kind of a fun day when you're doing that the day itself is a lot of fun okay i've always had a ton of fun just hanging out backstage with other athletes just talking to other people getting to know other people yeah Um, because people travel from all over for some of these shows and it's always fun just kind of hearing people's stories hearing about the way they train um different things like that however the first time i did it it was pretty stressful trying to figure out just where to be for everything and how things were going to flow uh, but then the second time I did it, it was just like, it was second nature to me. I knew exactly what was going on. I knew exactly where to be. But then I will say the weeks prior to that, when we were very restrictive with our diet, we're not eating a lot of carbs, we're doing hours of cardio a day. That part, in hindsight, I enjoy. But in the moment, you feel just absolutely miserable. You feel like the day is never going to end. You feel like you're not getting any closer to your goal. You feel like your body's not changing at all. So sometimes it can be difficult to kind of keep pushing through that. But that's the part about it I love the most is just trying to overcome these challenges and just believe in myself that, you know, as hard as things are going to get, that we can still get to the, the finish line. Right. Well, it's been good talking with you, talking with you, Brendan. Um, is there anything else you want to bring up or any kind of particular topics to discuss before we just kind of wrap up? Um, I don't think so. I just want to leave a message here that everybody just needs to, you know, just promote positivity and just, just be kind to each other. Is there any way that people should follow you or are you not really a social media type of person at this point? So you can always find me on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Brendan underscore underscore Welch. Um, I post every day. I'm always interacting with people that follow me and just kind of, you know, just trying to show people what my training is about and really just trying to educate people through there. Okay. Well, thanks, Brendan. Appreciate the conversation. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.